We got your weekly dose of the 44 cast with your host, Ralph Pino, 44 Fornolis, and we got Chad Marchong live in New York. Say what's up, Chad. What's going on, people? I'm here in New York doing it. Let's get it. All right, here we are. Day after the NBA Finals. Let's just even talk about the week that was. So now you spent a little bit of time uh, this week in New York. How was your week, Chad? My week was beautiful. I'm here in New York visiting friends, family, colleagues, ex-colleagues. So it's been a beautiful week. Um, love New York. This is the, the place I grew up at. So this is definitely a great experience for me to come back to New York. How was your week, Ralph? Oh, my week was great because it got capped off with some free furniture as well as the Dallas Mavaliers winning their first ever NBA championship. Uh, and it was it was very sweet to watch. It was one of the most entertaining NBA finals I've ever seen. Um, other than that, been writing a lot, been at the beach a lot, and I'm headed to Florida um, sometime next week. But this week was pretty good. Can't complain. Like I said, the Mavaliers won it all. So I guess we'll segue into the NBA Finals uh, with Dirk Nowitzki being the NBA MVP of the Finals. MVP. With a, a bunch of cast-offs that were former All-Stars and some still All-Stars. Former Six Men of the Year, former uh, Assist Leaders, a whole bunch of people that have been written off and, and aged uh, quite considerably from their prime. Uh, they've all banded together to form uh, a great committed team focused on winning the championship. Nothing sweeter than the Miami Heat, which were probably the most followed team in NBA history. Um, the Probably the most hated, the most watched, you name it. Um, and probably it, it, it wouldn't end any worse than them losing uh, in the NBA Finals. I don't think anything could have been worse than that. So... We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA Finals first with the uh, championship uh, team, the Dallas Mavericks. What do you think about them? Before we get started, I just want to say not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, but eight. <laughs> Chad's alluding to uh, LeBron's, the, the WWF Monday Night Raw entrance when they all signed him and Bosch. How he uh, said, and I quote, that he's, he's going to win multiple rings, not four, not five, not six, but... He had an ellipsis on that number, but he I, I, I think he's not even able to win not not one. Not one. Not one. Not and one. we're still stuck on that, and I'm sure not it's going to be a very painful summer for him. But what back a, to the Mavericks. Go what ahead. a spectacular that was. That, that was a good show. But let's talk about the NBA championships right now. And I really... I, I was really going for the Miami Heat, like I said in the past podcast. I'm not really any of those teams' fans, but... I really thought Miami was going to pull it out. I thought they had the stronger team, but apparently they didn't have the better team. And uh, the Mavs definitely deserved it. They played a lot better. They came hungrier. They had more heart. I love the MVP of Dirk Nowitzki. Um, in the league for 13 years, experienced failure. And I, I really don't believe in failure, but experienced um, defeat and losing to the Miami Heat in the past, in the, in the finals. And I'm glad that he got his. And also Jason Kidd, who lost twice. 38 years old. He's been in the league for a long time, since I was in junior high school. So um, he finally got his championship. And then the Jet, who's been, like Ralph said, former sixth man of the year, finally getting his. So I'm, I'm really happy for the Dallas Mavericks, happy for the team. I'm also happy for the owner, Mark Cuban, uh, finally getting his. And, and, and that's, that's, good. that's a good look for Dallas. 
One thing I definitely did want to point out about that is Dirk Nowitzki's uh, persistence. I know he said in the post-game interview that um, he maybe if he won a NBA championship earlier in his career, he probably wouldn't have worked this hard. So you could see the focus and the intensity of how bad he really wanted. And I think that was something that was ultimately displayed among a lot of the players on both sides of how bad they wanted to be champions. And and you couldn't see that, that passion burning more so than, than Dirk Nowitzki. Even at the final seconds when normally um, you would see a wild celebration, you can see him going off the court with about three seconds left because he couldn't even contain his emotions because he couldn't even believe that finally his hard work paid off. And I'm sure that it was a surreal feeling for him to win the championship. So it's really good for, for me to see that. Um, I've never been a Dirk fan, but I think watching these playoffs um, and seeing his, his shooting ability, and, and I just really respect him so much more. Um, and it seems like he's probably at the gym right now getting more focused for the next season because he knows that the Miami Heat, as well as other teams, will be gunning for him. But congratulations to the Dallas Mavericks. It's well-deserved. One of the most entertaining NBA Finals. Probably not the last game for Miami Heat fan. It wasn't really that close, but... Games 2, Game 3, Game 4, Game 5, all classic, specifically Game 2 when Dirk Nowitzki, they came back from what, like 15 down in the fourth quarter and then he game came two. back. That was an excellent game. That was a good That was a good one. My, my thing, this, the, the, the good takeaway of this is that I did watch every single game. I never watched every single game of the finals, but I did watch every single game. Um, hoping to see good basketball, and that's what we received. And, and I'm, I'm proud of the NBA, and I'm proud of both teams of what they did. And <clears throat> we, you know, at the end of the game, it just kind of seemed like Miami, I'm sorry, like Dallas just expected it to happen. It, you know, everything was just so easy for them. It, it just, not not the game was easy, but the celebration was easy. It felt like they, they already knew it was going to go down for them, that they were going to win the championship. And it, it, it's kind of weird to see a team celebrate the way that they did because they, they were so calm about it. And, and they, they handled it like true champions. Right. And be clear, be clear that, uh, I mean, we might think that Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, LeBron James is a conglomerate of superstars, but... Let's not forget that everybody in the NBA are professional athletes. I'm pretty sure that nobody's going to be afraid of them. So just keep in mind with that. So if, if you were on the court and you played against whoever, Brian Cardinal, who looks like a fifth-grade principal, I don't think he looks like a custodian. I think he looks like a principal. If you were to play with him one-on-one, -on -one, I guarantee you he would bust that ass. Probably. So don't get it twisted. These people are not afraid of LeBron James or Dwayne Wade. In fact, I'm pretty sure that anything that he's going to say is only going to motivate them. And, and witness was, was yesterday. The evidence was clear. Dallas Mavericks won the championship. want to touch upon. Uh, we, we, we spoke about Dal um, Dirk Nowitzki's persistence uh, when it comes to not leaving and Mark Cuban sticking with him through thick and thin with those 13 years. He had a couple of first round exits. Even they won 66 games in 2007. They lost against the Warriors as the top seed. Lost to the eighth seed. Um, He's, he's come close. He, uh, they even played the Heat in 2006, same scenario. They were, even, in fact, up two zip, and then they lost the championship, four straight games, for Dwayne Wade to capture his first NBA championship. 
but then you think about somebody like LeBron James, who has played for Cleveland, uh, the Cavaliers, for seven years, and then he defected because he probably thought it was an easier situation for him. Uh, and I think what was so interesting about that was Dan Gilbert, the, uh, few, the current owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, tweeted something about that there are no short shortcuts. So you look at the persistence of somebody like Dirk Nowitzki and the glaring difference between somebody like LeBron James, who defected and wasn't persistent, who didn't uh, storm the, the steer the course of what he should have done. And I'm not saying that he, he's a man, he makes his own decisions, and he probably thought that was best for him and his family and his basketball career. But that shows a lot. Um, let's just talk about the Miami Heat and what do they do now. And how about LeBron James, who's probably getting ridiculed like no other, and I'm sure that it's not going to stop. It's just going to be more and more relentless. What do you think about it, Chad? Um, I really believe right now that Miami Heat is getting a whole bunch of criticism, and I, I and I don't want to say that it's unwarranted criticism. I'm going to go on the record of saying that it is uh, criticism that they definitely deserve because they they proclaimed in the beginning of the season that they were going to actually win multiple championships, and not only multiple championships, but they were going to win it this year. They even went into the finals probably proclaiming that they were going to win this championship over a Dallas Mavericks team who we saw has the ability to knock off uh, other great teams teams. So they're getting criticism and and throughout the finals, I think LeBron was getting the brunt of the criticism because he was of his inability to show up in the fourth quarters. And I think that kind of got to him. And I, and I noticed that in the last game, this game six here, where he was kind of shying away from taking the shots of the game. And and I don't, I don't know if, um, if that's the kind of player that he is. I don't know if he should be shying away from the shots. I think he should be a leader out there. And regardless of everyone saying that it's Dwayne Wade's team, he should be the leader out there. But then again, we saw that in Cleveland as well, where he was right. shying away from shots and not taking last shots and not showing up in fourth quarters. Um, the only game that I could really recall him showing up in the fourth quarter was against the Detroit Pistons, where he scored about, I guess, 18 straight buckets. But then again, that was only one game I can recall. I can never recall him showing up in the fourth quarter. Right, and I, I, go, I guess I want to touch upon something like, you think of somebody like Jason Terry who's a six man, and most professional athletes, they would shy away. They also all want to start um, the, the beginning of the game, and a six man is basically the first person off the bench. But you think about it, it doesn't really matter because LeBron James, obviously he's always going to be the best player the first three quarters. But what's the most important? No one's going to care about how the first three quarters goes. They all care about the end of the fourth quarter because that's what always counts. So would you rather be the best starter or the best finisher? And that's something that you have to really focus on. And I think that's something that LeBron has to adjust. He's always going to be a great player. But is he going to be revered as a great winner when it comes to when it, when it all boils down to the end of his career and people look at his legs? legacy because you know aside from a couple of great regular season games and obviously he always has great regular seasons um historically in the playoffs maybe except for that last game clinching game game five of the Bulls series last time and and that pistons uh series that was in 2007 you could think of him as being non-existent you look at this this series he's probably had combined of what 20 points fourth quarter in Something six like games that. that's that's ridiculous Something like that. and then you think about in 2007 how they got swept 
they got swept by the uh, the the Spurs. And then in 2009, remember when he hit that that miraculous shot? Everyone thought they were going to win the championship against Orlando in, yeah. in the Eastern Conference Finals. They lost four straight after that. Yeah. So, yeah. LeBron, you got to do a better job of closing, and if not, play your position. Give the ball to Dwayne Wade, but be decisive either way. LeBron James' career so far in the playoffs has been mightily disappointing, regardless of what team he's been on, regardless of what situation he's been in. It's just been disappointing. I mean, do we expect him to win a championship every single year? Probably not. But do we expect him to perform in the playoffs when he needs to perform? Absolutely. He's a professional. Everyone's proclaiming him to be the next Michael Jordan. And if you're going to be the next Michael Jordan, everyone knew Michael Jordan showed up in the fourth quarter. LeBron has to show up in the fourth quarter. Mm. Well, I, I do want to have a, a, a final quote of something that LeBron said in the post game. Um, I don't know. It sounded very malicious. Maybe all the criticism is starting to get to him, but this is what he says. All the people that were rooting on me to fail, at the end of the day, they have to wake up tomorrow and have the same life they had before they woke up today. They have the same personal problems they had today. I'm going to continue to live the way I want to live and continue to do the things I want to do with me and my family and happy with and be happy with that. So they can get a few days or a few months or whatever the case may be on being happy about not only myself but the Miami Heat not accomplishing their goal. But they got to get back to their real world at some point. You think that was appropriate to say? I do not agree with that statement. It sounds like a high school student saying, um, so what if I failed? I don't care. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and do my thing anyway. It, it really sounds like a childish comment. I, I think it, it was really insensitive of the fans because if it wasn't for the fans, he wouldn't be here. He shouldn't take that as serious. He should he, he should know that as a professional athlete making millions of dollars a year, you're going to expect criticism. You have to expect it for not fulfilling the dreams. Regardless of you supposed to getting or not, you have to take criticism from your fans and, and from the media the right way. And I thought that that, that quote was just it, it it was very, very childish and insensitive, and he should have thought about it a little bit better. But, you know, throughout these playoffs, he's been saying some things without thought. Maybe he has been putting thought to it, but it's just been coming off very, very childish, and it's kind of showing the type of person that he's been. Right, and you think about if you watch that WWF introduction when he was on the Heat, him talking about him getting multiple rings and now ending it like this. I mean, who are you? You have to show if you're gonna say those type of things that you're gonna win multiple championships. You have to prove to the people that you're gonna win one, even if we're fans of you or not. That's all we want. We just want you to back up what you're gonna say. So, moving forward, I'm thinking that the Heat have to do a lot. They have to do. They're probably going to have to have a fire sale with all their reserves and all their role players because I don't think the chips have been working for them. Uh, probably they need a new point guard. I'm not else too sure what they need, but I don't know if Jawan Howard and the the three are going to cut it to make it win a championship. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens. It's always next season, but King James. You need to show me that you're a king. I love Wade. Wade is my dude. He comes out to play. Bosh. Suck those tears up, man. Suck yeah, up. man. You can't be doing that on national television. You're Suck mad up. that you're going back home to Dallas? That's your home, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to get it together this summer, and they're going to win 75 games next year. They're going to break records, and who knows? Maybe they'll lose in the finals again. <laughs> <laughs> There's no crying in basketball, Bosh. No crying. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, moving. Um. 
Chad used to live in New York. He defected to move to Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. Um, I've, I've had my experience moving uh, away from New York. I lived in Tucson, Arizona for a good year. Um, and it's a good segue because yesterday uh, I moved all... All this furniture from a place I used to live in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And it was just kind of bittersweet just thinking about places that you used to live. But um, you have your, your happy times and your bad times everywhere you live. But I just wanted to speak on living out of state. Not necessarily from New York, but anywhere you're from and trying to still maintain your happiness, I guess, in a different way. So let's hear about your experience in Georgia. Because I know it's a lot happier than my experience in Tucson. The grass is always greener on the other side. Now I'm just kidding about that, but but it's it's been great. It's been a move. Um, obviously, it's not New York. Nowhere is like New York. Uh, I've been to a lot of places in this country. I've also been out of the country, and nothing compares to New York City. Uh, but Atlanta, it, it it has its perks. It has its good. It has its bads. And right now, for me, it's all about living. It's all about living a good life. Um, you know, the first thing I saw when I looked out of the plane of the, of the plane when I when I arrived here in LaGuardia was that I, it, this New York is so cluttered. But that's just New York. If that's the way you know you want to live, that's great. But in Atlanta, it's so wide open, and and I'm happy for the 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 openness and and the land that we have and and the way that we're living. People are so much better. They're more cordial. I mean, I'm I'm happy out there, man. I'm happy out there. Hmm, that's a good thing to to look at. Um, I think the first thing, well, I mean, Arizona just didn't work out for me for whatever reason. Um, I think one of the biggest things was, um, and I know that Chad can relate to this, is that even though he's happy there, I'm sure he misses his friends and families because a lot of his roots are here. Uh, for me, when I was in Arizona, it's basically going from night to day. You go to a place that there's McDonald's 24 hours all over the place to a place where McDonald's closes at 9 p.m. and it's also 40 miles away. Um, you go from a place that has grass. You know, I'm from the suburbs of Long Island in New York. And then you go to a place where it's all brown and it's mountains. So it's just a big disparity of lifestyle there. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I was going through was not only not seeing anybody I knew, just the fact that um, it was just a, such a big change. And I always found myself comparing to New York. And I think that's really hard for you to get over living someplace if you treat it as a comparison between some place that you knew. Of course it's not going to be the same. How could it ever be the same? Nothing is ever going to be New York and nothing's ever going to be Arizona. So for anyone that ever wants to move, you really have to think about all the amenities that you're used to. And I think something in New York that a lot of people don't think of, they think about a lot of the... Uh, um, why you should leave because it's dirty because it's overcrowded because everything is pricey but at the same time think about all the amenities we have new york city the greatest city in the world there's beaches twenty miles away from the city um, friends and family that are all over the place a lot of stores where you can walk in most cases and a lot of those things you don't have the luxury to have in different places and, and i learned that definitely when i was in arizona i know that um, the place to be was Walmart, and that's kind of sad to say that Walmart, you can get your hair cut, you can buy your groceries there, you can get DVDs there, and I don't know, that's just a big change. So I think the first thing you do, you have to do if you're going to move someplace, you really have to embrace the moment. You have to 
enjoy where you're going and, and you can't really compare it to your other experiences because everything's supposed to be um, a different experience. You can't treat it the same way. But at the same time, it's what you make of it. If you're going to be miserable at some place, then it's going to suck. But if you treat it independently and embrace the moment, then you'll be fine. But you always have to think about those amenities, and I think you shouldn't compare. And I think those are the biggest things when you move. And I think those are the things that I didn't do when I was in Arizona. But at the same time, I'm never going to wonder what could have been. I, I can't say that I, I was like, you know what, I'm too scared, I don't want to do it. Because New York at the time was the only thing I knew. I think after I went to Arizona and coming back, I knew definitively that I never wanted to live in Arizona again. So I think that's that's a good thing. But obviously, I'm saying that all in hindsight. When I was going through it, it sucked. And usually, that's you always have 20-20 vision in hindsight. But that's my whole partake on on moving. I think the first thing that that happened to me when I initially moved out there was the comparison. Like you said, um, I instantly compared New York to Atlanta, and you cannot do that to a place like New York. It's just unfair. You, you know, it, like Ralph said, the amenities are there, 24-hour McDonald's, um, the all-you-can-eat food, you know, any anytime, anywhere, any place kind of deal goes on here in New York. And that's different in Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta is a major city in the United States, and it does have some sort of things that can, can compare to New York, but nothing... Um, I want to say nothing in this world can compare to New York and the way that you can live. Um, in in Atlanta, I just I just just grown to embrace it. You know, I I, I grew up to to embrace the city and what it has to offer, and then that's what you have to do. You have to to accept what it has to offer and try to live it um, as much as you can, and and just make the best out of it. Um, after I left New York, I did miss my friends and family, and that's something that's going to happen. Um, I was yearning for them to visit me or for me to come back to New York and to visit them, um, but I never turned around and said that I was going to move back to New York. I was going to stick it through, and, and me living in Atlanta for about a year and a half has now made me believe that, that I can live in Atlanta for a long period of time. Uh, my situation is not the same as Ralph's situation, and um, you know I can't compare my situation to his situation, so... It, you know, we both have two different experiences. Um, and the Walmart deal, man. Yeah, you know, you go into Walmart all the time. That's how I'm sure that's how it Outside is. Outside of New York, Walmart is the meetup spot. <laughs> you know it, man. For the senior citizens, for the skateboarders, for the parking lot. Walmart is what's up. That's terrible, man. man. Where I live at. But you know what? You know, you got you to gotta diverse. We do a lot of different things. We go to farmer's markets. We do we do things that's, that's southern. But, um, you know, we enjoy it. We enjoy Atlanta. We enjoy the city, and, and we have to embrace it. That's so funny, man. And side note, <laughs> Wally World. I'm even moving, and I'm not even talking about moving a different state. I'm moving to a different town. Uh, me and my wife are buying a, our first house, and man, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to starting our life together. You know, having a nice spot, um, enjoying married life in, in, a, in a bigger place because my apartment's kind of small. But I'm definitely not excited to move all my stuff, gather it, put it in boxes, move it, 90 degree weather, just not looking forward to disassembling things, assembling it. But it's a part of life. This is going to be like my fifth move in four years. Wow. So, yeah. But I'm always ready. I don't care. Putting up those numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this concludes our, our 44 cast for this week. Um, for Ralph Pino, 44 Nolis, Chad Marchand. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I'd just like to give a big shout-out to my friend Reggie and his wife, 
uh, for just having a newborn baby boy. So I like to give a shout out to that, and I like to give a shout out to my brothers here in New York City. Um, just miss y'all all. and Ralph, man. I, I appreciate seeing you in person, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know we're gonna see yeah. see each other in Bluetooth next time. Yeah. Next time. But um, I want to say thank you yeah. for all the readers yeah. and listeners of my podcast yeah. and my blog. Uh, it's been a great ride, and yeah. expect more yeah. more uh, posts yeah. in the future and more podcasts in the future. Yeah. But until next week, I yeah. bid you adieu. Peace. Later. Yo, rap professor, acknowledge the scholarship, no scholarship. Wordplay wizardry, giving me the conglomerate. Follow this, those who don't fuck it, they face abolishment. Sucking slim sneakers and psychologically swallow dick. Shit, ain't the same Sean from the last album. Don't smoke weed or smoke your seed when I blast barrels. Clap Harold in the ride with Kane. Bitch niggas burnt lyrically, I'm supplying the flame, dividing the game. It's so raw, I throw cud on it. Track ain't cracking, let's rock on it. I'm like, who the fuck want it? Cricket noise in the background, niggas. Quiet, can't do a thing when I smash down. Claiming your king, word to God, I will snatch crowns, put it back on my head. I'm taking it back now. Sean Price on some new and improved shit. Life is a chess game, I'm strategic with movement. Your move, bitch. Rounds in the level, sound, you fucking clowns, and found nothing better. Understand?